Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. Today, I am very excited to have the lovely Joanna McGregor on my podcast. She, um, she writes the blog, The Tokyo Chapter. So please check this blog out before you listen. If you haven't already, I'm sure you probably know it. It's extremely, extremely beautiful and very, very well-written blog. Um, about great things you can do in Tokyo. So Joanna is, um, had a long relationship with Japan that started back when she was in high school, when she first visited Japan. And yeah, now she lives in Tokyo with her husband and her two small children. And so today we're going to be talking about all kinds of things, about being a mother in Japan, about learning Japanese, about finding your own identity after having, you know, lived in another country for a good chunk of your, of your adult life, yeah. Um, so how how can we um, find time to do our projects and things? How can and what don't we do? Um, because we can't do everything. It's just not possible, yeah. So we talk about how imperfect we are <laughs> as well on this episode. Um, yeah, so I'd really love you to check it out. And if you have any um, any more questions for Joanna after this um, episode, please um, either say hi to her on at on Instagram at, at the Tokyo Chapter, or you can say hi to me at, at Jane Nakata on Instagram as well. And we'll be happy to answer your questions. So we answered a few uh, listener questions at the end of the interview. So if you submitted a question via Instagram or Facebook, then please definitely um, wait, make sure you listen for that. And I'm sorry we didn't get to answer all of the questions directly, um, but I think we covered most of them during the podcast at some point if we didn't um, answer them directly at the end. Okay, so look out for that little section at the end. That's pretty fun too. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Joanna. The Transformations with Jane podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited and a bit nervous. <laughs> that makes two of us. Yay. <laughs> it's so funny to hear your voice talking directly to me as I've been listening to the podcast and just hearing one-sided. Well, I nod along, of course. But really? It's, yeah, it's, oh, it's, that's it's, so cool. It's interactive. It's it exciting. is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you on the podcast because, you know, one your blog, I have to say, is one of the most beautiful blogs I've seen in a long time. And I just love reading it. Oh, thank you. So much value in there and so much interesting information. That, thank you. Yeah, I just I just had to have you come on and because I just I know there are a lot of people who really want to hear what you have to say. And yeah, actually hear you speaking is different to to reading you, you know. That's true. Yeah. So it's a really nice way for yeah, my listeners and your your um, blog followers to get to know you in a little bit of a different medium, I think. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so, um, well, let's get started. So, yeah, for those of, you know, people who are listening who don't know who you are, how, yeah, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and about your wonderful blog. Okay. Um, it's so funny. Now, as 
to and we live in Tokyo. I'm married to um, a Scotsman who I met in Japan, actually. And it's funny, even just now being a bit older and as a mum, I'm realising that my life has been a bit unusual for mm-hmm. me. I just It's only now in reflection and maybe through the blog. I'm realizing that people are like, and then you did what? And then you did what? But I, my journey with Japan really started my second last year of high school. I did Japanese at high school. And then I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to be an exchange student in Kurashiki in Okayama, which is right in the sticks, especially yes. back then. This was 1997. So yep. right in the thick of real Japan. Mm. That's, that makes sense. I mean, real Japan, but I think of the countryside as real, real Japan. And that was one full year as an exchange student definitely I think there was maybe two other foreigners in my town and they were much older English teachers so I feel like I had the real experience definitely yes, yeah <laughs> felt, had my own cultural differences and homesickness like everyone else but all in all it was amazing went back to Australia finished high school did uh, an arts degree and some international studies all majoring in Japanese so the theme continued wanted to come back did a working holiday. I taught English to children in the morning. Um, and so I could afford to do some more language school at night and a lot of partying. Let's not, <laughs> let's, let's not pretend that I was uh, studying every spare yeah. second. And then sort of back and forth from Japan few, um, for a few different things. And then I got a job with an international ballet school, started working for them and did some uh, interpreting. I worked in the dorms and looked after um, young Japanese ballerinas who had been homeschooled to um, help for their careers. And I also translated for all the teachers and looked after their cultural needs at home. They called me if their gas was cut off or they needed to go to the doctors. Right. So that was fantastic for my language learning. And then after I sort of outgrew that job and got a job with the Hotel Okura, which is a very, um, very Japanese, very traditional Japanese hotel chain. And that was definitely my best job apart from being a mum that I've ever had because Mm. they were really strict with me in a really good way I'm sure you know after living in Japan Japanese people are so kind to people learning Japanese so much so that you might say it's not helpful yeah yeah, you might say (laughs) konnichiwa and they're like good job you're fluent but this um hotel were really strict they said like we have a high expectation of um, very good customer service so we need you to match the honorific Japanese and it was a really good way to learn. And, I can imagine, yes. And then during that time I met my husband, who's from Scotland. He was also living in Kobe where the hotel was. And, yes, we ended up moving overseas. We lived in South Africa for a few years, went back to Australia where I'm from, had the babies. And then when I was pregnant with my second baby, he said, I think we might be moving back to Tokyo. And, well, not back to Tokyo. It was my first time living in Tokyo. And I was like, okay. And when I think my youngest was four, almost five months when we moved here and now we're coming up to our third year. So it's my first time in Tokyo, this stint, and it's first time definitely being a mum in any country in the world, but also um, especially in Japan. So I, I, uh, yeah, I think that's where it started because I have such a big background with Japanese. I decided to start the blog to share, uh, to share my hints and tips, but also I'm really happy to share where I've messed up as well. <laughs> I, um, I'm actually working on a blog post at the moment. I'm, I want to do a timeline of all the times I messed up in right. terms of like being culturally inappropriate or made like a funny language mistake. I think, I think, I think that's uh, people are telling me and I think that's why it's going so well because I'm not pretending I'm 
perfect or I get it right or I don't wear the toilet slippers out into the main bit sometimes <laughs> yeah. and all, all that sort of stuff. I'm happy to say like, whoops, or yeah, yes. I think that's why I'm also I'm very Japanese people who um meet me who are Japanese usually say you're so Japanese but yeah. with a bit of a gaijin twist and then mm-hmm. and then the other way around as well I think people who are definitely not from Japan they'll say I'm Japanese and then Japanese people say I'm, I'm very Japanese but a little bit gaijin and yes <laughs> yes yeah. yeah so that that is such a, a sort of like a, a a very different way of coming to Japan and like going backwards and forwards that it sort of seems like Japan has been a huge um, thread through your life since you came as a high school student yeah I think it's a Japan's a big part of my identity to me actually so much so that I'm kind of just learning that it can be a part when I want it to be as well because I like when we were back in Australia living in South Africa you couldn't get through the first couple of minutes of meeting me without me having to Throwing, oh, and I've been in Japan and I've studied Japanese and it was almost like unless they understand this, they won't understand me. But right. now I've kind of taken it back and it's a part of me, but it can be not a part of me when I want it to be as well, if that, if that makes any sense. It's, it's, a, it's a slice of me and it's paid a very important part of who I am now, but it's also not all of me either. Right. Yeah, I, I really identify with that. Um as well like obviously having been here for 15 years now oh and you're beating me I think I'm 11 and a half yeah sorry together, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. 15 yeah I came here 15 years ago and I've been here mo- pretty much the whole time apart from three years I left Japan with my husband to go to Germany and we lived there for three years um with his job and then we came back again and <sighs> that was actually really lucky that I did that because I was able to see while I was away actually how wonderful Japan was Mm-hmm. Um, and ha- and I did actually miss things, and I sort of got to love Japan more by being away from it from that short time. But yeah, now that I'm he- back again, I just I love it. The more the longer I'm here, and both your children were born here, right? and um, well, they were supposed to be, but <laughs> my daughter was. Um, I was pregnant with her when we had that triple disaster, and so I ended up oh. leaving um, the area because our house was in was sort of in the contaminated zone. Um, yeah, so we went back to New Zealand and she was born there. But, yeah, I was intending to have her in Japan. <laughs> My son was born in Totori, which is not that far from Kurashiki in Okayama. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is where my husband's from. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so one, one each. <laughs> one was born in New Zealand. One was born in Japan. Um, well, then I know it's your podcast, so I don't know if I'm allowed to ask you a question. <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> Anything goes. <laughs> but, um, but did you ever have a time when you were thinking, I don't know if I'm having a really hard day being a mum and I don't know if it's Japan's fault or if it's just life as a mum? Because I had that a lot at the start, <laughs> like a bad day, and I kind of wanted to be like, oh, Japan. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's just, let's just blame it on Japan. Yeah, um, <laughs> why Japan have you made this hard? And then some days I was like, no, I think this would happen anywhere. Like, yeah. Bad days, being a mum. I think, yeah, like, and especially, well, maybe I would blame the isolation factor on the fact that, you know, I'm in Japan and if I lived in New Zealand, surely I wouldn't be feeling isolated and lonely and, and stressed. Um, you know, as a, you know, having a bad mum day, that's often what it's about is yes. that I'm not supported or, um, you know, I'm doing this alone and mm-hmm. um, dealing with the kids alone. And that's because I live here in this part of Japan. And if I lived in New Zealand, surely. But then, you know, 
I go back to New Zealand and I still have bad mum days, you know, exactly. <laughs> when I'm there with my, in my, in my family home with my mother right there. Yeah. Um, and it's not about that. Yeah. So it is, yeah, it is easy to blame Japan, isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah, it, 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 well, for a long time was the, the cause of a lot of my troubles um, because I live here. Um, but now I've decided not to let that be um, so I much of it. I agree. That's where I'm like, anyway, I speak to friends who are in Australia or in the UK or anywhere and I'll hear them and they'll, they'll blame something else. I'm like, okay, that's their Japan. They'll be like, if I didn't have to pick up basketball practice kids on Saturday, today would have gone smoothly. So it's the same. It's the same. It's the same thing. So yeah, we'll always find something, won't we? Yeah. yeah. And also mm. I think another reason that I um, really st- started the blog was I, when we moved this time to Tokyo, like I said, it was my first time with kids. I was actually a little bit cocky um, in my head uh, because I was like, I speak Japanese already. I've lived here before. There'll be no culture shock. There'll be like, it's going to be so much easier for me than all the other um, expat mummies who are moving to Japan because I've had a head start and I know what to expect. But it's it, there, it was different obstacles with kids. Of course, last time I was here, I wasn't looking for parks. I w- didn't have to transport more than myself. Um, so I actually got a real shock. I think three weeks in, I think I had a right. particularly bad day. We got here in rainy season and um, I called my husband. I'm like, I don't know, it's not working. And I had so high, high expectations about it working. And then we found, and I, I wrote about this quite a bit on the blog actually too, that just sometimes you can't catch a train and my little one was so little that I had to have a stroller and there was sometimes wasn't stairs. And so then I started to learn my tricks of, okay, don't do that. Walk more, walk instead of changing the subway twice, even if it takes another 10 minutes because it's going to save me the stress. And so I was sharing with friends Anyway, and friends of friends were contacting me saying, oh, I heard that you're making it work in Japan. How can I do it? I'm coming on holidays or I'm about to move there. And to be honest, I was getting really bored of writing the same stuff over yeah. and over. So um, one of my sisters and uh, another one of her friends that came, I was, uh, they suggested I, I think about a blog. And it's, I've just had a really good reception. I'm still surprised and thrilled. But I've like, oh, I don't know, mum's are amazing and I don't even I don't only have mums that follow me it's mostly women I think I'm sure you're the mm-hmm. same you can see uh who's looking yeah at your stuff not who in terms of names but I can tell demographic and yes. um gender and I think 97 percent of people who follow me are uh women and the, the the women who don't have children are following me for the cool cafes or for the uh the night spots and things like that but mm-hmm. women just amazing like they're happy to to share it back and and also they know that I'm just doing this because I want to share and I really enjoy it and yeah and people are happy to say oh you know what we went to your coffee shop we loved it make sure next time you go get the chocolate biscuit with it because it's amazing and so they share with me and then I go back and I try and then I'm able to share with more people again and it's yeah it's really amazing I I you would be the same when I first came to Japan there was no internet I think my high school had one computer in the office I was allowed to use but I could email my mom on a Friday afternoon and I couldn't check the computer again till next Friday afternoon oh so the God. whole point of email was pretty <laughs> much because <laughs> I might as well send her a letter yeah but um now to be able to do that and like these Facebook groups of like different mums with different interests in Japan and I lived with a girl from New York when I was um in Kobe and we used to we didn't have any English TV or anything like that so it's amazing now what how it's changed and how 
how people want to help people. It's amazing. I love it. That's great, isn't it? And yeah, I totally remember that time too. When I came, like Facebook didn't exist. Um, yeah, I used to stand on the street at a payphone once a week and try and call my family in New Zealand. And I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of, you know, must have dropped down the payphone trying to talk to them in New Zealand. And inevitably some old man would come along and want to use the payphone. I'd have to cut my phone call short, you know, get so frustrated. But he probably, he probably saved you like 2,000 yen. Yeah, well, but exactly. I cut you short because it was so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing you a favour. <laughs> yeah, so, so now we can have all these, yeah, online communities. And, yeah, it's so helpful for mothers, isn't it, to feel less alone and what you're doing all day every day with your kids and being stuck at home perhaps and um yeah and like I obviously don't even live in Tokyo yeah I live way up here in Fukushima Mm -hmm. but I love reading your blog because if I ever do end up in Tokyo I will know where to go (laughs) because I have no idea otherwise um restaurants and all of that so yeah you'd be like there's a huge range of people being served by the information that you're putting together and it's and the photos and things as well that you obviously put a lot of effort into taking and uploading and all of that yeah it does take a lot more work my my hubby's really supportive he's he's a real goodie and he always says to me I don't know if people get how much time it takes to really do it um but I love it that's the difference so I even had a a girlfriend of mine in Australia recently say she wants to start a blog and she's like how do you do it and I said I really love it so even on the weekend sometimes um, my husband will be like, would you want some time to yourself? And I'll say, yeah, I'll, can I allocate half the time to just getting this blog post out? I really want to get out. So I really like it. I don't, if I saw it as homework, then I wouldn't even have the blog. And I guess the day that I do feel like it's homework, I will not be doing it anymore, but it's, it's mine. It's my slice of fun. Does that sound really, yeah, really yeah, monkey? It's, mm. <laughs> it's, my it's my, it's my slice for me. So I also feel that if I wanted to stop for a month, whatever and if I want to write every day then I can as well and yeah it's it's all mine I love it I'm 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 proud of it and yeah um, you should be yeah it's so funny it's so hard to now I always to and fro between being excited and proud of achievements I don't know I don't know yeah I think it's just me getting older and being more comfortable with myself but there's this I really want to talk it down be like it's just oh it's just something I do every now and then and then I'm like, oh, but it's going so well and I'm proud of it. I don't know. It's this constant to and fro, but I'm trying to make myself be like, yeah, it's cool. I worked hard on it and people say good job and I'm allowed to say thank you. You are allowed to say thank you. <laughs> yeah, you are allowed to be proud of it. It's not going to um, be taken away or something. You yeah. know, like it's, it's, it's safe to feel proud and happy of your of your hard work that you've but done. I, yeah? I think that's why I really resonate particularly with your first podcast that I listened to because I think you – we're talking a lot about the same idea. It's okay to um, to admit that you're looking inward and you're doing something for yourself and that's okay. Yeah, that sort of not having the guilt of oh, I'm using this time for me and something that doesn't benefit my children potentially. Yeah. Or, and if it yeah. works out, you don't have to be like, oh, Oh, and pretend pretend that you didn't care. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. is it? That's cool. Oh, you really like my cooking. Oh, I just threw that together. You can actually be like, no, that I worked really hard to make that work. Yeah, really well. exactly. Yeah, but and... I'm a no no for false pretenses. Am, am I changing the world? No, but am I helping a mum who's got a hungry toddler fix dishwasher crossing? Then maybe I did that day, and that's really cool. Or maybe I helped someone find a really cool nightclub to go after dinner in Tokyo that they wouldn't have found if they 
uh, hadn't read my blog or certainly if they didn't speak Japanese. Um, yeah. And that's, that's enough for me. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, and it means a lot to, to a mother who can, you know, take their kids somewhere that they know they're going to enjoy because it's great without having to um, spend hours and hours and hours yeah. figure out where that might be and how to get there. And yeah, it's, it's wonderful to have these shortcuts um, to amazing things that we never used Thank to have you. before. It's but you know how I find age. a shortcut? Yeah. Because we've had a disaster. <laughs> and then, and then I find exactly. like, don't go to yeah. that restaurant because we did and it was horrible. And go here because we went yeah. the next time and it worked out really well. So I'm happy to share and yeah. be like, don't do what we did. Don't go on a Sunday right. or don't. <laughs> Things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about, so how you manage, like, because you have two small kids, yes, right? three and five. And so, so three and five, yeah. So um Robbie, your littlest one, he's not going to kindy. He goes he? to he's... an international school for from nine to two or three days a week. So I have my I have oh, two okay. days a week. So that's, that's me and Robbie day. And then um, Lucy, my big girl, she's now in a class where they, they go uh, five days a week and she loves it. But she'll, she's, she'll start real school. No offense to her current school, but like if she was in Australia, it would still be considered like a daycare idea. But this international school has mm. a proper curriculum and then from August she'll move up to what we would call prep in Australia the uh the first year of primary school so how do you balance everything uh, how do you <laughs> do it all <laughs> and how does it work in your house um, yeah. I have so so I have three days a week where I have no children with me and I try and do something for me with like a lunch with a friend or something on one of the days, one of the other days I still take Japanese classes. So I have one day a week, that's my, I drop the kids off at school and I do my homework from the week before pretending that I've done it all week. And then I have, and then I have my <laughs> lesson. And then the, the other day is another day for me. So I might just get home, put back on my pajamas and, and do some blogging or supermarket, something boring like that. Um, I just have a really supportive husband who is, he does work late a couple of nights a week. So usually after the kids are put to bed, I sit down and write. Um, I don't know. That's a funny question. It's kind of awkward question. I'm not much of a cook. So I guess the time that a lot of people spend cooking, I might be uh, doing other things for the house. <laughs> we also have an amazing babysitter who's practically a member of our family. And that's my village. Because as you know, when you live overseas, you don't have like an aunt or um, a sister or a mum to call over and say, like, can you come and help me with the kids? And so um, yeah. our babysitter Monique is amazing. So I couldn't do anything without her either. She comes a couple of times a week. She's actually in the lounge room looking after Robbie right now. You might hear him. Mm. He's watching The Greatest Showman and he's singing his own version. So you might, <laughs> you might hear some in the background. <laughs> Excellent choice of movies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Nothing like a good musical oh, movie to learn all the words too from a yes. young age. Yes, <laughs> but yes, to answer your question, I'm, I'm the, the best answer is probably I I don't know, but I'm just winging it. I'm winging I'm winging everything, aren't we all? We're just making it up, making up as yeah. we go along. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very anti-perfectionism. So what don't you do? Like you said, you don't cook. You're not really, not really into cooking. cooking. I, I I don't know. I don't. Hmm. I don't know. I don't really know. Why? Well, how do you answer that question for you? <laughs> so for me, I don't spend a lot of time cooking okay. or cleaning. 
I have a cleaner who comes once a week and does all the important okay. stuff for me. And I also have a meal service system that it's called Yoshke, and they deliver all our meals, uh, our dinner every oh. night. So I are just have to cook Tokyo? it. I don't have to. <laughs> are they everywhere? Okay. They've been around since like nineteen sixty oh, wow. something. Like the the yeah, they're really really um, long. Like it's all over Japan. I'm sure they'll have it in Tokyo. Um, anyway, they you just you get a menu. And um, they give you this magazine every week and you choose which menu you're going to have for the week. And so they'll deliver that food every day. And the vegetables are pretty much all cut up for you. You just have to cook it. And so it's like 20 to 30 minutes of actual cooking time. But there's no thinking time, no shopping time. You know, like you get back quite a lot of time from not actually having to do okay. those things. So that's how I avoid I just that. I might be Googling that as soon as we get off this call. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should. <laughs> Um, but the food, the food I have to say is fairly yes. Japanese. So, um, yeah, not a lot of Western sort of meals in there. And if you can't read Japanese, for anyone who's listening, it's don't go there because the menus, it's the menus all in Japanese. And I, I struggled with it um, like six or seven years ago. But now I can, I'm fine. I can read it, you know, all the Japanese fine enough to be able to actually do the cooking. Um, so that's the one, one sort of problem. Oh, when you, next time you're in Tokyo for a long stint, though, you must uh, try – this is one that's fine for English only speakers is um, Kiwi Kitchen in Tokyo. Oh, Kiwi they Kitchen. They do home packs them, yes. and you, yeah. they deliver like a frozen, like lasagna or a shepherd's pie to your house. Well, they, sorry, they don't deliver it frozen, but for you to freeze straight away, that's my emergency food as well. They're, they're very good. They're right. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really recommend yeah, okay. for those people who want to feed their families well, but you just really can't be bothered thinking about what you're going to have. Oh my God, I love a mommy <laughs> shortcut. Thank you. It just takes all of that off your plate and, yeah, it just shows up every day and there's very little actual preparation required. You mm-hmm. just sort of just chuck everything in the pot. Um, yeah, so that's what I do to, like, so I'm definitely not doing everything. My house is rather a disaster area most of the time. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I One that I'm not very proud to admit is at the moment I'm not doing a lot of exercise and that's something I'm trying to schedule time in for. Um, so that's something I don't do but I would really like to add doing. Also, I think... At the moment, my expectations are very low in terms of me time or other things apart from doing mummy stuff, mummy-related stuff, because they're little and it's getting a little bit easier as my youngest gets older. So I think my expectations will grow as he gets older and I'll say, oh, now I can do this or I can do a a class for me or I can take the kids somewhere else. Um, But right now we've just come out of that haze of um, chaos all the time. Do you know, yeah, that's yes. I feel like yes. we're just coming. So, so yes. uh, my expectations are very low because I'm like, oh, I blow dried my hair this week. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was. Yeah, yeah, that was makeup on. Yeah. So yeah, so it's only gonna get better and uh, doesn't it? No, don't actually don't tell me. Don't tell me. Yes, just, it does. <laughs> okay, it does get better. They get more independent. I assure you. And mine are just a little bit ahead of yours. Mine are six and three and a half. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, just a little weeny bit ahead oh, of you there. Exactly right. Um, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. So, and and I've got the same. I've got a girl, older girl, and a younger boy as well. So, yes, very similar sort of family dynamics yes. there. Ah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we are both big fans of Gretchen Rubin, and I think we 
you were actually supposed to come to the inaugural meeting of the Gretchen Rubin fan I club know, in Tokyo. I know, I didn't make it. I can't remember what it was. Someone <laughs> when I keep the sick or something. I can't remember what it was. I know, I think it was an interview or something you had to go to, wasn't it? Yeah. Anyway, it was something important mm-hmm. that you couldn't come. Um, yeah, so we love Gretchen Rubin and I'm sure I'll talk about her loads more. Is there anyone else that you, you love to follow everything they write? Oh, or? I'm a big uh, Liz Gilbert fan, particularly after I read The Big Magic book I love that book and actually I shouldn't have um I left it after I finished it on a holiday and I think I'm gonna have to buy another copy and she talks a lot about um creatives I consider myself to be a creative person and um positive mindset sort of all going hand in hand um mindfulness all that sort of stuff so I love a good woo-woo book my husband knows that's my holiday reading um so I love mm-hmm. things like that and then I follow as you know I'm a big Instagram person and there's a lot of beautiful people online that I love to follow um the there's a podcast called hashtag authentic which is probably my favorite um by Sarah Tasker and I listen to her a lot so it's not reading as much as a podcast mm-hmm. and um online work oh, I don't know yeah that's, that's what comes to mind right yeah. now so you mentioned that word <laughs> yes I am also into the woo-woo. But it's kind of yeah. hush-hush, right? but don't tell anybody at a dinner party. Don't touch it. I'm, I'm a very sceptical woo-woo yes. person. Yeah, yeah but I'm not, I'm not into but, crystals um, and all that stuff, and I won't ask for your zodiac or anything when I meet you. But I do believe, mm-hmm. like, me time. Or just a can-do attitude. I think it's just, I don't know, i just had this click over the last couple of years. Like, you can't. I was even talking to a friend of mine, her cousin, um, came to Japan on a trip and she was kind of joking. She's like, I'm having a great time in Tokyo. I really want to do some drawing and I really want to do some work as a, an artist in Tokyo one day, one day if I ever quit my job. And I found myself being like, well, why don't you start now? Like why don't you, when you go back to uh, the States, why don't you go and do an extra course at night or start now or get your portfolio so it's really good. And I don't think I would have said that to someone not that it's life changing, but it, it showed me my mindset has changed because like, yeah. what are you going to do about it? Let's do it. And that's mm. the only thing with my blog as well that I got a surprise was I really wanted to do the blog and I'd said for so long I want to do a blog and then I started writing it and everyone's like, well, you have a blog. And I was like, I guess I do. But the only difference was, the only <laughs> difference was I did it. I just wrote it and it's yes. not perfect and there's yes. spelling mistakes and there's grammatical errors all throughout because it depends how tired I was or if I had a couple of glasses of wine before I pushed publish or something. But it's out there. I'm just, yeah, that's, that's, that's my word. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you though, please. <laughs> no, no, no. no that, that's, yeah, and I love that. Um, so you basically took the action. Yes, yeah. and that's so all. It wasn't perfect, It's as simple yeah. as that, yeah. It, it's, um, and this is what, what my business coach who I um, use, her name's Joe Bendel, her um, thing is imperfect action and she's always encouraging us to take imperfect action which is what I'm doing with this podcast mm. um, it's just doing it yeah um, it's not perfect there, you know, there's nothing about it that's perfect but, but it, it makes sense and people yes. are listening but, but, but we've yeah. known this always but it's somewhere in our brains but I don't know why it's only clicked now like it makes like if you for some reason want to make the best I don't know strawberry cupcakes in the world then then start making recipes and trying to mix up the best strawberry cupcakes and do you know what I mean and then and then give yeah give it a start and yeah, then just... instead of just saying like one day I think that's just something yeah. I'm 
I, I won't be making the world's best strawberry cupcakes. I don't know where that example came. <laughs> <laughs> I might write a blog about strawberry cupcakes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's funny. It's just yeah. my my can do attitude has changed, and that's yeah. Yeah, and it, it it only takes like one tiny step, doesn't it? And then another tiny step, and then sooner sooner or later, you've taken ten steps, and you're. 10 steps ahead of where you were before, 10 steps closer to wherever it is that you want yes. to go. I don't know if you've read my and... podcast. Sorry, please finish your sentence. I'm sorry. No, no that's what I don't know um, if you've read some. I have a whole lot, series of posts at the moment about um, learning Japanese or language acquisition. And I have a, a post about the things that I would do if I wanted to start speaking Japanese, just not reading and writing, but just speaking. So, for example, if I was only mm-hmm. here for three years on a contract and how to get talking quickly and I wrote a whole lot of things and there's a lot of people here who because Japanese does take a long time to really even just be able to introduce yourself it's a lot slower than a lot of um like if you're going to learn a European language it can get you can get talking a lot sooner and I yes I say to most of my friends it's not even a blog thing is if even if you try a little bit you're so much ahead of the pack because so few people try so and and you'll you'll see the benefits right away. So so many people have been here for a hundred years and they're like, I still can't say my name and how old I am because it just got too hard and I kept messing it up and no one knew what I was saying. But if you try, then you'll you might make like that one more friend who's willing to try and have a little bit of a longer conversation and so on and so forth. And so I think that's the same. The only the only difference is that you tried. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, you'd be surprised how little extra effort is required to be ahead of the pack. Yes. Yeah. When we, yeah. <laughs> at my yeah. high school in Australia, we had to choose Japanese or French. And I remember the girls at the end of high school who chose French, I was so jealous because they were, like, writing to French, like, boys, pen pals and chain letters and doing all this stuff. Ooh. Whereas I'm sitting yeah. here in Japanese going, I like hamburger. Do you, do you yeah. like hamburger? <laughs> and that's all I could say. And I'm like, and I've been studying yeah. really hard. But, um, yes, that's why as well I kind of, yeah, and I'm going around in circles. Yes, that's all. Yeah, no, that, that does bring back memories to me too. Like studying Japanese is a slow process if you want to learn to read and write and speak, you know. But if you just want to speak, yeah, why not just do yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, and you can find something that you like. So if you're really into anime or if you're really into – I don't know, Japanese makeup or something, then you'd focus on your thing. Like I don't care about cars. So I had a Japanese teacher who once gave me an article to read for homework about cars. And guess what? I didn't do very well. But then um, I think he gave me a recipe for, uh, the Japanese teacher gave me a recipe for something I really wanted to try and cook. And suddenly I was really looking up in the dictionary, trying to work out how to do it because I wanted to know the answer. If you, if you, want, right, if you, if yeah. you actually want to know it, you can. Anyway, I've, cha- I've changed this into this, like, language learning thing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've changed this, the route. No, no. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people who are listening are, you know, s- struggling with, you know, can I be bothered to do this or not? Is there any worth, is, there, is this worthwhile for me to, um, to mm. pursue Japanese? Yeah. yeah? Um, and some people have given up because it is hard. And maybe listening to this will give them a chance to just, give it another go and yeah maybe find what they like and and do it yeah because once you get some momentum it can just really help you and yes. you can't it keep going and going yeah. and going even just yeah. patting yourself on Definitely. the back if you're not feeling that momentum <laughs> just being like I can do this <laughs> and I couldn't do yesterday that's that's where I'm at that's as simple as I am at I'm like oh I 
I don't know why, but before I put the blog up, I said to my husband, I want to have like 14 or 15 posts ready to go. And I don't know where that number came from and I could have gone live without them, but I had this thing and then I was like, okay, 14, 15 posts, that's fine. And I was so happy with that. And then, yeah, and then outside recognition made me want to keep going and, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's good fun. Yeah, so um, at the moment you are in Tokyo for however long. <laughs> Um, do you, do you see your, your, you and your family staying there for a, a long time or is it just could be next year you're off somewhere else? We have no else, reason or... to think we're moving right now, but um, who knows? But no, we've got no plans to go anywhere right now. No. Okay, so you could be there for a while. And so what does your um, ideal future look like at this point right now? I mean, obviously it's going to change. So, yeah, today, <laughs> what does your ideal So just me personally, not, not just like? as my family, but just for me? Or, you know, how does your family fit in with that? But, yeah, <laughs> obviously they'll be there. I don't know. We're kind of living as we go at the moment. We, My husband and I would like to make sure we have some more time out together, like everybody who's got uh, small children. And I really uh, – it's really important to me that my children learn to be kind people who learn that everybody's different, as cliche as that sounds. But I think um, Japan is a good start because as people look different to them. It's so cute with terms of cultural identity with my daughter. You say to her, where are you from? And she says, mum's from Australia and dad's from Scotland and I'm from Tokyo. <laughs> it's, it's so cute. And I'm like, of course you are because in your brain you are and that's cool. And Tokyo you know, is where she probably has most of her memories. Um, mm. So, yes, that sounds really but we would like to buy a grown-up house one day. We've never owned a house before, my husband and I. So um, even mm. though I'm I'm 38 <laughs> now, I will. We always talk about when we have our grown-up house. When we have our grown-up house, which is pretty funny. But we'll get mm-hmm. our grown-up house one day. And right now, we're happy to uh, to not have things to show for it, but to have experiences and and memories instead. So yeah, we're pretty flexible. We're pretty flexible. And where would you potentially like to have your grown-up house? Would that be in Japan or back home in Australia? I have a feeling or... it would be Australia. I just have this feeling because whenever we seem to talk about it, we automatically just sort of say Australia, but, like, we don't have any plans on how we would get there or what we, what, yeah. or what we would do when we get there. <laughs> but we'll work it out. At some point, probably Australia, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I mean, like, I live in Japan. I love it here. But, yeah, my my dream property was always in New Zealand, yeah the somewhere with you know green lush native bush mm. around it or near mountains and beautiful you know undisturbed sort of nature and things that's obviously not in Japan yeah. but I, <laughs> yeah. um, I need so, but to, I don't know how I would I use need that to always be connected to Japan I think this time in Japan has shown me that for me um, I need to be connected to Japan in some way or another all the time so I hope in a dreamland that I can have a job at some point that will have me flying back or connected to Japan in some way it's um that's really important to me and my my hubby's very aware of that he met me here so he knows I'm the biggest um Japanophile you can meet but I yeah but yeah I don't know I might I might have to do some vision boarding after this or something you've got me thinking (laughs) yeah well why not create it you know I need a plan for a um, plan why not yes. start now? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we're in, the, we're in the age of when you can build that for yourself. Yeah. You, well, you can make it yes. happen. It's, it's not going to be just, oh, I found this job that lets me do this. It's, 
yeah, why don't why not make that happen? Thank you. I hope so. Yeah. How yeah, and how how would that look? You know, mm. would it be what exactly would it be? You know, like you, you can have a lot of fun with that and you'd be surprised, you know, how things can happen, start happening once you get clear on what it is that you do want. I but, feel like I'm on the cusp. Yeah, there's I feel no like rush. personally I'm on the cusp of it because I'm just working out, really working out now who I am and what I'm comfortable with and what I need, what my family needs. My, my favourite thing yeah. about being an expat, although I've talked about the downsides of not having your village or something, is I feel like our family unit is very tight. Like me and Neil and our two kids, we are a big tight unit because it's us against the world when we started expat adventure. So as long as I can see my three favourite people at all times and we're making our decisions we don't let the kids really make the decisions, but let's let's pretend that we let them make the decisions. Um, then yeah. we're okay. And I even remember when we moved to Tokyo, that was our first expat assignment with children. I looked across as we were taking off in the airplane and um, my husband sort of winked at me because we were juggling a child. And we're sort of like, okay, we're good. Well, we can make it work. And having that confidence as well that if we pull the pin, we'll pull the pin together. And of course we haven't needed to pull the pin because we love Japan and our life is pretty spectacular here. But if we did, we would do it together and there's no, everything can be changed again to the way we want. I, I feel very much like that. So I feel very yep, lucky. That's right. There's almost nothing that you can't come back from whatever yes. happens. Yeah. But, but if so, I have a bad yeah, day, can more... I call you and can you quote that back to me? <laughs> Yeah, anytime. Just... Remind me again how I can change this if I want to. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm here for, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it, like um, when it's all in your head and you're just sort of letting, you know, the, you think of all these really great things. The first thing that we do is like, oh, I couldn't possibly mm-hmm. do that, you know, um, to talk ourselves out of it, basically. But if we just let those things sort of come out onto paper, into a blog post, whatever, then we give them a chance to become a reality. Yes. Yeah. And it might be slowly or maybe they might change, you know, like what, because I know that, you know, the things that I've thought were what I wanted weren't actually what I wanted when I started taking steps in that direction. But because I wasn't, I didn't, hadn't put all my eggs into the basket as such, I could course correct and, and still make it work, you know? So, and also yeah, if you hadn't, if you hadn't made that mistake and I still make mistakes all the time, then you wouldn't know what you didn't want as well. Like you'd be like, exactly. oh, it turns out that yeah. was not for me. But yes. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. We have to we we have to put away that I must do it perfectly and make this perfect decision and we have to put that aside. Yeah, because it, very often it doesn't work out quite as we imagined. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, taking those little wee steps and just seeing if that's what you want and then oh, I love this. Yes, let's continue with this blog or oh my god, actually podcasting is the worst thing in the world. I hate mm. it. Um, yeah, I'm not going to do this anymore. You know, it could be like that, but it hasn't turned out like that for us. No, when I am, um, so. <laughs> I'm sure someone probably told you something similar when you started your podcast, but with my blog as well. Someone told me something really good. It's a girl from Australia who writes a blog and she said, guess what's the worst thing can happen? No one reads it. And guess what? Then no one will notice when it goes away. <laughs> Isn't that a bit like, so if you were worried about your podcast, you'd be like, well, it turns out only two people listened, which is not true. But then you could be like, well, those two people are the only ones who notice when I throw it in the rubbish bin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For me, though, my um, yeah. thing with cultural identity has been my most interesting shift, though, in terms of finding what I do and don't want. I've always been that language nerd. I love 
my favorite part about Japan is the language and I've always been the person who loves Japanese um, just for itself, just from the linguistical side. But I thought for the longest time, and I think it's because I was in Kurashiki completely surrounded by, I was doing homestay, so I had to be completely Japanese. Mm. So then I thought I have to be Japanese to really master this. So suddenly my behaviour was very Japanese. I was only 16, 16 or so when I was here, so I already was working out who I was anyway. And then throw another culture on top, which makes you question everything you do because you're like, am I weird because yeah. I didn't take my shoes off at home in Australia or like, wh- why is that? Why does this feel unusual? Or I had a shower in the morning instead of at night or whatever to get really down to the simplistic cultural differences, the really visual ones. Yeah. But then I went away from Japan a bit and then I came back and yeah, and I was doing my working holiday and worked at the ballet school and the hotel. And then I learned that I could be me because I was getting really tired I would I was working at the hotel and I was speaking honorific Japanese and I was very um I was doing really well at being Japanese and then I would get home and I'd be so tired and my beautiful probably the most beautiful person in the world uh girl that I live with from New York we were there and I'd get home and I'd like okay I have to be completely foreign now because I have to be so (laughs) Japanese again tomorrow and now I found like a really nice balance I'm I've taken a slice from mm. so I'm neither nor. I'm just me. I've just got little bits of Japan that I like yeah. and little bits of Australia and little bits of Scotland and little bits of America or whatever. Um, I'm just – and I'm a mum, which is a huge part of my identity now as well. Um, I think for me that's something that's really changed my planning and what I want to do next. Mm. Well, I'm excited to see what, what comes next. Thank you. Yeah, considering how much you've done Thank already. You. Yeah. So – yeah, why don't we have a look at some of the questions that came in from your um, your okay. fans? Yeah, oh your... <laughs> I'm nervous. Okay. okay. <laughs> so um, let's start with an easy one. This is from Foodie Tours Japan Gazem. You know yes. Gazem, and she's yeah one of our Instagram yes. friends, and she wants to know what's your favorite lunch spot. Oh, it has to do about food. Yeah, oh, with with kids in my family, I love Commune Second in Sando. It's like a food truck park and it's um okay. it's fantastic for grown-ups and kids because everyone can choose the different uh foods yeah. but also there's some alcohol for adults but you're outside so if the kids spill it's not the end of the world they often play music and it's just very vibey there that's that's my uh that's my number one and then mm. if it was with so that's a mot- it's what called commune second yeah okay. so they write second and then two and then an nd Come in second. Okay. My favorite, probably. Yes. And then without children. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, to go for like a really special lunch that's not really expensive is a place. It sounds hilarious because I'm pescatarian, so I don't eat red meat. I have fish and um, vegetables. But um, it's mm-hmm. a place called Wakanui, actually. And <laughs> it's a, like a steak restaurant and they do an amazing course. It's next to Tokyo Tower. For only like 2,500 yen and it just feels really really luxurious and um, okay, that, that's a good date spot. And when I get off the podcast, I'll think of a million more, but for the moment. Oh, I do like um, XX in, it is in XEX, I think it might even be pronounced as X in Daikanyama and Roppongi as well for sushi. Okay. That feels a bit special. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. Okay. How about, um, so Lindsay Sawada 
She would like to know how or where do you find peace, rest and recuperation in the city? Oh, um, anywhere quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm sure you understand. There's not a lot of quiet that goes on in my life normally. Um, I love taking a walk by myself. The other day I took a big walk along uh, Nakamegara River, which um, isn't exactly all nature, but it's just quite. I also love Hapoen, which is a little Japanese garden sort of next to Shirokane. A lot of people have weddings and things there. It's just small. Um, I can even take a child or two children with me and you've got the, the sound of the water and the stone garden. I Like I've said a million times over already, I really love Japan. So somewhere I'm like, this is Japan, this is cool. That's sort of my reminder <laughs> of like how, how awesome is my life right now. I can get to balance both worlds because of course Mm. inside my house could be any country in the world and I really like that now after doing homestay and experiencing a lot of culture shock and a lot of homesickness at the start I really love that my home is whatever I want it to be so my home as well and then going outside and doing the opposite and being like whoa hello Japan it's really really (laughs) that's why I sort of reconnect also I have to admit as much as I'm really quite addicted to my telephone I telephone oh my god how old does that sound to my iPhone I um when I turn it off or when I'm driving, it's when I have my best ideas. Not ah, just for yes. blog, but just for life, mm. just for let's, I need yep. to talk to my husband mm-hmm. about this or I need to call my friend or I'm going to make this for someone or paint this for someone. Yes, that's my turning off the technology as much as it's hard ah, to yes. do sometimes. I know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so um, sh- uh, Kelly from shine on sup yoga yes. is that right she's one of my uh, yeah. best friends in the she, whole wide world <laughs> yeah scared. she said she needs to know your favorite songs for karaoke um, are you a bit of a karaoke i do thing? love karaoke <laughs> do you know that like, i'm really into the greatest showman at the moment and they've just put some of the songs up so i need to i might even have to do a session just my husband and i we are so funny though because my husband and i both love karaoke we really like it and it, we had oh, a lucky. stage recently, you know, when the <laughs> Trolls movie came out and mm. Sing, that movie Sing came out. We, my kids wanted yes, to listen to the yes. soundtrack in the car all the time and we would groan and be like, not again, not again. But then one day night, what did we do? We sang all the songs from Trolls and we sang all the songs from Sing. We're like, I'm going to be complaining about it because we knew it so well. Um, answering the question though. Yes, I love karaoke. It's great fun. It's not what people think. If you haven't been to Japan, I'm not singing in front of a stadium of people like everyone thinks. No. Um, I love the unexpected. Just because you like a song does not mean you can sing the song and it's a horrible lesson to learn, but everybody learns it when they get here. Yeah. Um, I love singing <laughs> She's a Lady by Tom Jones. <laughs> She's a Lady by Tom Jones. <laughs> That's my favourite right now. But everybody, when they come here, I'm sure you've experienced too. Everyone's like, no, I, would, I definitely won't do karaoke. Even we had my brother-in-law and his partner come over and they were like, oh, and on the last night, I think we gave them a few drinks, let's do it. And fast forward to two hours later, we couldn't get our turn. We were like, can we have a go? Because yep. yep. you guys have put every song yep. in for like the next hour. <laughs> but everybody loves it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I've had, I have to say, though, I still can't do karaoke unless I've had a couple of drinks. <laughs> it's, I'm sober karaoke just really What song do you me, sing? But... What do, you, do you have a staple? Are you willing to share? Well... Yeah, it's been a long time since I've been to karaoke, actually, <laughs> which is a bit sad because I do love oh, it. Oh, you do? You but, do like um, it? 
I do love karaoke, yeah, but I just really never get to go these days. And my husband hates it, so I can't make him yeah. come with me. Um, but I, my, actually, I love to sing Choo Choo Train, the song Exile has done okay. a cover of it. It's, um, yeah, it's a Japanese song, but it's full of really bad English. And so it's quite fun <laughs> to sing. And it's got these cool little dance moves that you can do while you're singing if you've seen the, the Exile um, you should have that to. It definitely sounds it like you need a few um, that, drinks to get into that one. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do. But if you, especially if you're doing it with Japanese people, they oh, love yeah. it. That you can sing. I that have song, a few so, yeah, I, as well, a few Japanese songs because I used to work for the opera and we had dinner. I was in the executive office and we had dinner every night with the company and I loved it at the time. I was so poor that I was like, you want to pay for my dinner and drinks? Yes, let's do it. And that's when I really got to practice Japanese. But I did have a few songs up my sleeve. I must get them out again. Yeah. They're probably so dated now. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. How about, um, so 87E Kansai, um, one of your friends from mm-hmm. Instagram, uh, wants to know what's your goal or objective for oh, this that'd year? Be okay. Um, my, for this year, did you say? I. Yeah. It's already half over just about, but anyway. Um, I have always, I'm really yeah. into podcasts, so I've always wanted to be in a podcast, so today might be checking something Yay. off the box. <laughs> um, I don't know. I really don't know, honestly. I want to do some more blog posts. I'd like to do some, no, actually, that's a lie. I would like to do some more personal blog posts. I really have a lot of, as you can tell, I have a lot of things I want to say about um, culture shock and homesickness slash loneliness and culture shock is all mixed in with that. I'd like to write a few more personal blog posts. It takes a bit of a, um, a moment for me to decide just how much I want to share. Everyone has that inner voice that says mm. someone's going to read and be like, oh, poor little first world problems. Did you have a t- hard time eating all that sashimi? But I, yeah, yeah, I have a lot more I'd like to say and I'm learning that people relate to things that I didn't think that they would care about so I have a lot more I have a lot more that I would like to say and share and a lot more I'd like to find out from other people Japan's quite a um a cool place to come at the moment it's so funny when I got my scholarship to come to Japan as an exchange student there was another kid in my year level who got a scholarship to America and at that time Japan wasn't known as such a cool place to visit and I remember everyone mm. telling the kid who got to go to America, like, you're going to have the best time and, oh, write to us all the time. You're going to have the best food of all that. And everyone, to me, sort of went, oh, good luck. Like, hope you don't like, get too homesick. Rice and yes. raw fish for yes. you. But now it's going now yeah. to shift and whenever I'm anywhere. Yeah. I'm like, you live in Tokyo, that's cool. Like, show me what you do and where you've been and how do you yeah. get there. So there's been this real shift as well. So um, selfishly, it's a good time to be talking about Japan. I really think I think it is. I think it's <laughs> yeah, really good time to be definitely. talking about Japan, and yeah. with a bit of background like you have too, where um, I didn't just get here, so I, uh, yeah, have, I, I know the shortcuts. I've made the mistakes. I will make more mistakes, but I'm yeah, I'm happy to share them. Okay, um, I think we're going to have to have the mm-hmm. last question now, and it is something a little bit different. This is from Aliko. I think I, I hope that's mm-hmm. right. Um, it says, do you have any tips for raising multilingual kids? So are your kids I wouldn't say they're, No, I wouldn't say they're multilingual. They, they go to international school, so I hate to disappoint, but as much as I'd love to say they're both uh, bilingual, they're definitely not. Um, but they can understand a lot. They hear me speaking it when we're out and about, and, of course, it's the world, so at the park. It's so funny. My little girl is 
she's decided that she's like, I can't speak Japanese. And if the TV's clicked over to Japanese for like the Disney channel, she'll say, mom, change it. I don't speak Japanese. However, when it's handy for her, like someone in the park's saying to her, like another mum was like, would you like some uh, some sweeties? I've got some sweeties. So suddenly she's like bilingual. She's like, are you this Kanagashimasu? And I'm like, where did that come from? Wow. So she's a, yeah. she is pretending. I think at some point maybe over the next year or so, I think she might decide that she would like to speak it in a certain way. But she's still working out who she is. I'm also still, we, we really only, we're about to hit our third year in Tokyo and on my protective mama bear side just wants to make sure that they're happy and they're settled in and they know who they are as a person before we branch out to that sort of stuff so yes I'm sorry I don't feel like I'm really like the right person to answer that question I know a lot of uh, bilingual mummies who are doing a fantastic job but we're um we're not there and of course my husband's not Japanese so in our home is English 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 mm, yeah so you're kind of in a different sort of space obviously because you're both English speakers as your native yes. language so it would be odd for you to be speaking to your children yeah. in Japanese at home to try and get them but you're living in Japan and the um you know being in that environment is it does have an effect you know like obviously yeah, and my, and your daughter's picking up Japanese here and, and my husband's and amazing he's never formally studied Japanese but he's been here quite a while how much did he tell me the other day I think he said five years or something now but he um he's he's really good a conversational Japanese so they know the difference and they know that we're speaking a different language and that they understand some bits and don't understand others it's so funny actually in the playground mm-hmm. how much you realize you say things for the sake of other people so sometimes if yeah um if my kid accidentally pushed another kid in the park I might say to them in Japanese like that wasn't very nice be nice to our friends let's all share it's his turn and I'll say it in Japanese and then I'll say it in English and I realized that I'm just saying it so the other mum knows that I'm saying something yep. nice. That you've yes. got the situation under control. I never control. thought about how much you say that <laughs> yep. stuff in the playground for the sake of the other mum and child as well as your own child. Because if I wanted to mm, only tell my kid, mm. I would tell them in English. But I'm making sure that the other person knows I'm a good person as well. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they, know, maybe they know how to be told off really well in Japanese. <laughs> yeah. <I've... laughs> I mean, I get to back to New Zealand. I quite often tell them off in Japanese because that's just how I'm used to telling yeah. them off in public. And and I'll you know I'll say all sorts of things to them in Japanese. It'll just pop out, and it's like, oh, I'm obviously used to telling them off in Japanese because yeah, you want the other mums to know that you're not just letting it slide that their ki- that your kid was you know unkind and or whatever at that particular moment. Yeah, just quicker in Japanese too, like a good abunai and things like that oh, is quicker yeah. to say than don't touch yes. that because it's dangerous. Um, and also mm. if you're trying to, I'm sure you're the same as me. I'm trying to be consistent wherever we are, so whether on holidays in Hawaii or whatever, we still have our same rules with timeout or we've, that's not acceptable in our family. So we try and keep it the same. And so if you guys are telling off your kids in Japanese at home, no matter where you are, I'd be sticking to the same thing. Otherwise they're going <laughs> to eat you alive. Possibly. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, what I, what I sort of like from this example is that you're, even though, you know, you're not directly teaching your kids Japanese is that you're just showing them that, you know, speaking more than one language is natural and this is what we do in our family. Yes. And so you can do it too, you know, and that's what I try to do with my kids as well. And, you know, I'm learning, I'm still learning Japanese. My husband's still learning English, but we both, yeah, we're all just trying so to what learn do you speak at home? another language. Well, I speak to my kids in English and I speak to my husband in English or Japanese, whichever 
when you're fighting, like, do you speak your language? Do you, do you yell at him in English and he oh, yells at you? Generally, I will. If I, I really want to make sure that he knows what, exactly what I'm saying, I will speak English. Um, and he generally speaks to me in, in Japanese. And then he will always speak to the kids in Japanese and they will always reply to him in Japanese, always reply to me in English. So that's how we do it. And it works because there are no um, Japanese grandparents living with us, you know, like um, it works in our family at this point. So, yeah, that's they go to Japanese school all day. So they need the English when they get home. So, yeah, they come home to me. I talk to them in English and um, we only let them watch English TV. So they they don't um, so just any chance I have to get them you know having more input in english is what that's what we do that sort of thing experience. that's amazing so that's that's just how it's worked for us so far and can i come and play at your house it's, it's working that's amazing yeah it's <laughs> amazing it's truly international yeah so yeah so it works considering now that we live in japan so but it doesn't just that's not enough. Like I do have to take the kids home to New Zealand and give them that sort of, you know, one or two months of full immersion in English. And it really does help their sure, English okay. having that. Yeah. That's, that's not quite enough. Just me in Japan, <laughs> especially now they're in school. You'll be like me. You'll be saving up yeah. this folder of things. And when my kids, when my kids hit that teenager age and they say, you never take me anywhere. I'll be like, exhibit A, B, C. Like, <laughs> how can you say I've never yeah. taken you anywhere? Look. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know about yeah. you. I didn't have a passport till I was fifteen or so. so oh, okay. Uh, my kids. I think my little guy's been on something like forty flights, which blows my mind. And he's three. Like that's. Yeah, amazing. exactly. Mine too. They're just like, which plane are we going on? Is it the one with the yeah. kangaroo, or is it the one? Is it the blue one, or is it one with the bird on it? <laughs> yeah, like the one that gets us there the fastest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to go on the kangaroo plane. No, we're not going on the kangaroo plane today. Sorry, it's just a regular blue plane. <laughs> oh my god, hilarious! <laughs> oh, oh dear. Well, I think we better. Um, that might be all we have time for today. So. It has been wonderful talking to you and getting to know you a little bit Thank more you. through it's been this lovely, conversation. It's been a lovely I am. Um, I'm sorry I interrupted you a few times and uh, and led us down Not a different road, but uh, <laughs> I like a good chat, as you can tell. So. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Exactly. So, um, yeah. Any any parting comments for our listeners? Any advice? No. For the mums out there in Japan who are struggling, what would you say to them? I would say to them, remember like who you are. Sometimes it can you can get really torn in terms of who you are and what your family wants. You're still you. Just make it work for you in Japan. And the other thing I just want to say is um, I have a lot of people who are send me beautiful messages and they often start with like, I'm sorry to bother you or sorry to write to you again. I love social media because it's interactive. So although I'm busy, so I'm not. I may not get back to you immediately, immediately, but that's what it's there for. People say, to you, oh, I'm sorry. I read all the pages on your blog. Well, I, I did that. <laughs> like, I, that's what it's there for. <laughs> and I'm delighted if someone's reading it and it makes me want to write some more. So that's my other thing to interact. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's all I want to say. Yeah, that's exactly it. And just about if, almost every problem that you're having, if someone else has had it. So yeah, why not go out there and find someone who can help you? And don't suffer alone. Exactly. Yeah. Just, it's that feeling yeah, when someone fine. tells you that they lost their kid for two minutes at the supermarket and you're like, oh, I did that too. And thank God, because I thought I was so terrible yeah, for I'm having not... that happen to me. It's everyone's the same. Yeah. Everyone's the same. It happens to everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much for um Thank for your time thank you. today. Yeah. And for being willing to come along and, and um share. Thank yeah. you. I'm gonna get back and join <laughs> in the Greatest okay. Showman concert in the lounge room, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks. 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 Bye. Bye. So that was the interview with the very lovely Joanna McGregor from the Tokyo chapter. If you haven't seen her blog yet, definitely check it out. It has the most amazing information about Tokyo, um, either with or without kids. Um, Recently, she wrote a really great post about honeymooning in Tokyo. And even though I've been married for 15 years, I'm definitely going to try to um, check out some of the places that she mentioned in those Uh, in that blog post because it just looks really fantastic and because I don't live in Tokyo I don't really know Tokyo that well so I love uh, checking this blog to see you know where I should be going for lunch even if it's just me going there for the day or something. So we talked a lot about um, you know how she came to be in Japan and how that you know how she's adopted um, Japan and Japanese culture into part of her uh, identity and yeah getting to know herself as um, you know with that um, Japanese identity as well and yeah giving herself permission to have this um, beautiful blog and to actually spend her time doing that and it's really refreshing to hear how much she loves doing it so I hope you'll all support um, Joanna and her blog as she goes forward from here I'm really looking forward to seeing what she gets up to next and I always look forward to her updates to see, um, yeah, w- what her family <laughs> has been doing recently. And she has the most beautiful photos on there. So even if you don't have time to read, you can just look through the photos and get a really good idea as well. So much time and effort goes into um, making one of these blog posts, I know. So yeah, it would be great if you could go over there. And yeah, you can find her on um, Instagram at the Tokyo Chapter or on Facebook as well, and yeah, go and say hi, say hey, I heard you talking on um, Transformations with Jane podcast, and um, yeah, show her some love over there, that would be really great. So as always, um, I hope you are taking care of yourself, making some me time. Um, after I've finished doing this recording, I'm actually going to get into bed and have a rest, because I'm not feeling that great today, but Um, I'm trying to get better so that we can have a lovely holiday away this weekend um, going heading off for Golden Week by the time you listen to this Golden Week will be finished though anyway thank you for listening and I'll see you all next time in the next episode bye for now all the time like you know it was fine to go to neighbors houses unannounced and everything but yeah school friends like playdates and stuff really needed to be organized in advance Mm, definitely so yeah well thank you for sharing like your slice of life in your part of japan how you make it work with your you know your three kids and your family dynamic and your you know your home business and things uh sorry the business you do from home um because I think it really helps, you know, other women who are feeling, you know, am I doing this right? Or, you know, 
what could I be doing? You know, they're sort of wondering, um, and they're, where they're, wherever they might be in Japan, um, you know, how they can make their life more interesting or, um, you know, do something different, then this might give them some ideas. Yeah. And to show that, you know, it, it's fun, right? We can enjoy this life in Japan. And it, I mean, it's hard <laughs> to sort of juggle everything, but um, I guess when you work from home and you do your own schedule, it is that little bit easier. Like I can make, obviously I can make allowances and go to PTA. Um, there are times when I can't go, like I have to let them know and say, look, I've got work. I can't. Um, but in general, if I know in advance something's going to be happening at school then I can plan work around it. Or if one of the kids is sick, I can ask my mother-in-law to help out or they can hang out while I work because like I said, I work from home, so I don't usually have to go anywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible and there's so many different options out there that might work for different families. Um, but yeah, obviously it's still, yeah, it does take a village though. <laughs> it's <laughs> possible to do it by yourself. Yeah. So, um, if you have been listening to Laura today and you're like, Oh, I need Laura's help. Where can people get in touch with you, Laura? Well, um, my surname is Marushima, M-A-R-U-S-H-I-M-A. And um, if you search for me under Laura Marushima, it brings up my website. So, and my business is called Full Circle Consulting, but um, the web address is just my name. So easy to find there. Um, and I have a Facebook page as well. So yeah, there's like only one Laura Marushima. So if you search for me, I'm, yeah, it's not a very common name. Um, so Especially when yeah. you stick Laura in front of it. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yes. <laughs> so it'll, it'll come up pretty easily. I think if you, if you want to get in touch um, and if you, if you reach out, just let me know where you heard about me or yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure some people listening know who I am, but there'll be a lot of people. <laughs> so um, exactly. Yeah. So um, if you perhaps starting a business and you need some help or um, maybe you've got a business up and running and you're looking to do a, a particular project or something, yeah. then yeah, maybe outsource, you. You can get in touch. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us today, Laura. It was so great uh, connecting with you and I hope to actually see you in person again soon. Yes. Somewhere. I hope to see you again soon. Are you maybe, um, one of the times that you're in Tokyo later this year, we can catch up. Yes, well, yes, to make it happen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Right. okay, thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So that was the interview with Laura Marushima. I hope you enjoyed that. And, you know, she had some really interesting you know, advice about how to deal with your mother-in-law, especially if she, if your mother-in-law lives near you. And so I think that was like really, really interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously my mother-in-law does not live near me. I only see her, you know, about twice a year for a week or so each time. Um, but I think I'm going to actually take that on and try that out next time I'm with her because, um, I mean, generally she does, when it comes to something with the kids, she does let my sort of opinion rule the roost, you know. Um, but I've I have noticed myself getting annoyed with her in the past when she suggested something that I didn't agree with. So I'm gonna think I'm gonna try out Laura's strategy of just saying, mm, come on, or so so come on now, or <laughs> like maybe, and then just go and do what I think is best. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> so, um, yeah, thank you so much, Laura, for coming on the show today and for, you know, sharing your hacks, for showing us how you live your life with your three boys out there in Chiba. And, yeah, I hope um, the listeners out there that you got something from that. Yeah, so please pop over to the podcast club. You can find the link for that in the show notes. Come and join us. Let me know your um, your any feedback. Please let me know who you'd love to hear from next. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Actually, I have an interview with Kimberly coming up soon. And you might be wondering who Kimberly is. So you will hear more about that in the next week or two. I've had an interview with her and yeah, more solo interviews from me coming up. But if you do have someone you'd love to hear from, or if you'd like to volunteer yourself, please raise your hand, step forward. I'd love to talk to you on the podcast here. Um, you know, recently Laura herself, I said at the start, um, she, she actually didn't want to be on the podcast. I asked her because she was my assistant, um, a while back and helped me to get some um, strategies and things set up for this podcast. And I said, would you like to be on the podcast? And she was like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> but then after like, it was like several months later, she was like, oh, actually, I think I'd like to give it a go. So, you know, even if you've thought about it before, and was like a big no, it doesn't mean that you're still a big no. So have another think about it and and decide if you'd like to, to come on. And then just um, send me a message, even if you don't have a business, even if you, you know, you, you don't think that you have anything to share, I would disagree with that. That's for sure. Everybody has something that's interesting. And even, even the most thing, you know, that it tends to be the things that, um, you think are the most, you know, special to you are actually the things that are the most general and that most, people are also going through or couldn't learn from as well okay so please do get in touch with me I can't wait to hear from you um definitely the episodes where you know I'm interviewing women who are living in Japan are the most popular ones I have to say so yeah I'd love to have more guests um like that here on the podcast so thank you so much for listening as always and I'll see you again soon bye bye みなさんこんにちは。今日のインタビューはローラさんでした。マルシマローラさんですね。オーストラリア出身で、あの旦那はもちろん日本人です。千葉千葉県に住んでますね。なんか東京都の近くのあの坊だの近くに住んでるらし
あの家でするビジネスをやってますね。で今日の話はあのローラさんの子供たちが通ってる学校の PTA の,あの,の話とかどういうふうにあの上手にやるのかとかあのどんなルールがあるのかとか話して結局各学校が違うなって気づきましたね。私の子供が通ってる学校と千葉県にあるローラさんの子供たちの学校がまあまあ違うので今気づいてあの娘の学校のことをちょっとありがたいなと<笑>思,うようにあの思うようになったんですねなんか各学年